Welcome to the Clark Howard Show. This is Krista, Clark's producer, obviously not Clark, with a programming note for today's show. Clark has lost his voice, which makes it very hard to do a podcast. He has a cold, and he's hoping to be back in the saddle tomorrow, uh, but couldn't make it in today. So I thought I'd do something different today and pull together some segments you may or may not have heard from the past. If you're a new listener to this podcast, this is not your usual episode. You can go back and listen to the last few episodes we've done. You can watch Clark on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel and also Clark's website, clark.com has money advice that you can trust and use. We have newsletters. Our team works so hard around the clock to create great information for you to help you keep more money in your wallet, which is what Clark always tells us is our guiding light and principle in everything that we do. Also, while he's not here and he's not able to respond with a, oh, stop it. I just want to say, everyone always asks me, if they find out I work for Clark, is he really that nice? Is he really that frugal? And the answer to both those questions is yes. He is literally the nicest person I've ever met. And he is frugal with himself more than anything, but he is also an incredibly generous boss. He is so kind. I was just at his Habitat build this past weekend. He's building Homes 94 and 95, I think I was at. Um, he's hoping to hit 100 homes that he's personally sponsored in the next year. And um, just very grateful to work for him. So I'm throwing that out there. He'll probably never hear this. <laughs> but that is the truth. So on to the show. The first segment I'm going to play is about taking early retirement. And Clark talks about some of the perils of that, things that you should consider, And then he also talks about Social Security and when to take Social Security. And then later on, I've got a classic Clark piece about the secrets to saving money and his favorite places, particularly Costco. And I also, at the end, have a really inspiring quote from Clark that I love that I wanted to add in. I'm sorry that Clark isn't here today, but I hope you enjoy what we've put together for you. And here is Clark. I've had a most unusual life, and I don't want to dwell on it because so many people have heard that I retired when I was 31 years old and never really intended to work again and found my way into doing what I do now, just a series of circumstances. I ended up working again, and and now I've worked for um, decades since doing stuff that I love. So... Here I am, and I have no intention of retiring again because I'm doing what I really, really enjoy. And ultimately, to me, when I think about that movement that was so hot and now so not, the FIRE movement, financial independence retire early, when I get to the core of it, what it was really about, in my opinion, was about the financial independence part, that you then were free at whatever age you achieved financial independence to do with your life what you wanted. If really what you wanted to do was go be a semi-professional kite surfer, then that's what you do. If you want to go work for some charitable organization or mission because that's what you love and you have the financial independence do so, you do that. But it's very rare that somebody 
will achieve financial independence and just do nothing. I mean, very few people who were ambitious enough to be able to build up the kind of reserves that they then are free to do whatever, that the whatever is to do nothing. Because mentally they just, I mean, the circuits go crazy. They don't know what to do with themselves. People generally need or want some kind of purpose in life. Now, you take that idea and then you look at instead retirement at a more traditional thing where you worked at more traditional jobs, you did what you could to save along the way, and you're in your, let's say you're in your late 50s, early 60s, and you're thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm bored with work. I want to have time for myself, and I don't know how long I'm going to live. So a lot of people decide most often at age 62, they're done. They take early Social Security, and they may for many years have a really great time. But what happens often is we the thing about we don't know how long we're going to live, we live longer than we thought we would, and we don't have the resources to do it. So I really believe in a very important compromise. Unless you have been a savings maniac through your working lifetime, I want you, whatever it takes and however you do it, if at all possible, to delay taking Social Security till your 70th birthday. Because when you wait from 62 to 65, 68, 70, especially 70, the amount you'll receive from Social Security can be the difference between living at or near poverty to living with some level of comfort because the monthly check you get is so much larger. Now, I know, I know, I hear all the time, well, why would I do that? Because what happens if I die when I'm 71? And I would have foregone those eight years of Social Security listening to you. Well, if you've died at 71, you're not going to know anyway. So, no, that's not the point. The point is that it's never about worrying about not living long enough, unless you know you have uh, illness that's very likely to severely shorten your lifespan, there's no way you're going to live to what the actuarial tables say you'd live to, then it would call for a different argument, going ahead and taking the Social Security earlier. But if it's just the thing, a roll of the dice, you want to roll the dice on the basis that you will live longer than you think, not shorter than you think, Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to get later in your retirement years physically not being able to do a lot, maybe not being able to work, and you just don't have enough money. So what's the compromise? Compromise is you do wait those eight years, and it's not an all or nothing. Many people work part-time in their 60s, which gives you the financial wherewithal to wait till you're 70 to take the Social Security. Because I don't want you to be one of those people who is struggling financially. You know, there's, there's a wonderful, nice woman who I'm sure has passed away now, who I met forever ago at a Burger King. By the way, every reference you'll hear from me is a warehouse club or fast food, right? Talking to somebody. 
And so this woman who was uh, quite up in years was working at the Burger King, cleaning the tables and mopping and stuff. And because she had no money. She sat down one day and she said, Clark, I want you to do something for me. I want you to always tell people to not make the mistake I did. I retired too early. I thought I was going to be fine. I'm broke. I can't live just off my social security. And I'm working here at the Burger King. I want you to let people know, work while you still feel good enough to work. And then later you retire. And so I have shared her message over the years and I share it with you again. Okay, and coming up next on the Clark Howard Show, Clark is going to talk about how to save money at his favorite store, Costco. You know that I'm obsessed with the warehouse clubs. It just is true. And years ago, we had a dog named Costco Wholesale. Now we have a dog named Kirkland Signature. Sam's Club, at someday, someday we'll have a dog named after Sam's Club. Just haven't done that yet. But at both of those stores, you got to know how to crack the code to save more money. So let's start with Costco. Once you get this in your mind, that we're in Costco, and you see an item that has the star symbol in the upper right-hand corner of that price label. When you see that, that means it's what they call internally a sell-through. They are not going to stock that item again. So that item, if you see a ton of them there, and you want it, but you want it at an even better than normal Costco price, you don't buy it when it's got that star. Because at some point, it's going to go on 97. 97 is when Costco is selling an item, clearing it out below their cost. So Costco, when you're shopping there, maximum markup on an item that's a brand name is 14%, Kirkland Signature 15%. But then they'll have an item the buyers had an oops on and people weren't excited by them. Or it'll be seasonal goods like clothing And they're moving to the point in the season where they got to bring in the next season's goods. And clothing is where you'll see a lot of the stars on the things. And those items are going to get marked down. And they're going to go to 97. And all 97 means is, let's say an item was $22.99, and it might be marked down to $14.97, let's say. If they still have a ton of them, they'll mark it down again and again. And at some point... They'll just donate the remaining unsold inventory to charity if even going on 97 has not gotten the item to move. And there are other times that a store manager will mark things down. And most often, those will end in 0-0. So a manager discretionary markdown will end in 0-0. And Costco does not promote any of this I'm telling you because they don't want their customers to ever be trained, their members to ever be trained to wait for an item to get marked down. But if you want to be an even cheaper Costco shopper than a regular Costco shopper, 
you follow the system of the asterisk, asterisk star. What do you call that? Asterisk. Anyway, you follow that, knowing it's going to be a sell-through, and then you watch for the markdown, and then you buy. And you'll find the, the 97s most often, as I mentioned, in clothing. The other area you'll see them is in what I guess you'd call housewares. When you move into the steel, uh, that's what they call the big, the big racks that have inventory on them, and where there'll be towels and sheets and anything like um, dishes, cups, glasses, kitchen cooking kind of stuff those kind of you see i'm really in cooking <laughs> those areas you'll see a lot of items with the asterisk symbol and you'll see a lot of items that go on 97 uh, one other area where that will happen is sporting goods where they'll sell sporting goods seasonally you'll have like uh ski gear and ski gear almost always will be sell through merchandise and you get into a year with uh, light snowfall or late in the ski season, and they still have ski gear like nice ski gloves, ski helmets. Uh, what do you call the um, the boards? You grew up snowboards. No, the things that when you have snow in your neighborhood and you go sleds. Oh, sleds. Yeah, they'll sell. <laughs> See what happens when you grow up in the south. Anyway, so uh, you know they'll clear out sleds and all that and all that kind of stuff will have the asterisk and the 97 now the sam's club equivalent is an item that's going to be a sell-through item will have the number sign the hash mark hashtag hashtag number sign in the corner and then when it gets marked down it'll end in one penny it could be 91 41 61 cents whatever the person doing the markdown at corporate wants to make it with uh, anywhere from 11 cents to 91 cents, but always ending in one penny. Uh, Sam's uses a different markup formula than Costco. And Sam's Club has the buying power of Walmart. So sometimes they're able to buy merchandise cheaper from the supplier, the manufacturer, than Costco. But their markups usually are higher than Costco. So their markdowns are even more valuable at Sam's Club. Now, my other go-to is the middle aisle at Aldi. And if you're not familiar with the middle aisle, the middle aisle is where Aldi sells non-food items. So buying things like uh, all kinds of stuff for the home or for our dogs. Our dogs wear these in the winter. They wear these sweaters and they sell doggy raincoats and things like that. Dog leashes. I mean, they, the Germans love their pets. And both Aldi and the much smaller in the United States, Lidl, both of them do a big push in their middle aisle on pet stuff. And then things for the home, like various charging devices for electronics. And uh, they'll even sell things like smartwatches or fitness trackers and a lot of exercise gear as well. And the prices that stuff is sold middle aisle at Aldi 
is cheaper than you could even think about buying any equivalent item at Sam's Club or at Costco. So those are my favorites. Wanted to share with you how I save money in my own life. The biggest thing I do at Costco and Sam's Club that you should know is unless I know I'm going in to buy something heavy, I never get a shopping cart or what's called in my part of the country, a buggy. (laughs) So I don't get a cart because what happens, look at how oversized those carts are at Costco and Sam's Club. They're looking for the impulse buys. They're looking for people who come in, I just need to go buy detergent. Hopefully Kirkland Signature and not Tide. Anyway, but they're looking for the people who go in to buy detergent. And then on the way to the detergent, they buy 24 other things. But if you buy one thing there of paper towels or toilet paper, you need a cart. Yeah. So I'll tell you how I do that. Often they'll have carts in the back of the store. So I'll sweep the store and <laughs> it's like an try to avoid... Yes, it is an operation in my head. And I'll try to avoid buying things I don't really need, but like, hey, look at that. I'm going to get it. And then at the very end is when I get a cart. And usually you can find them in the very back of the store. There'll be some carts around there that people have abandoned. And I'll get a cart then, and then I'll get the heavy stuff. And then I go to checkout in order to protect my wallet. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Clark Howard Show. I hope you've enjoyed the segments we put together. And I want to play one last thing. This is Clark ending the show last year with something that I thought was so special and inspiring. And here it is. Life's not forever. My dad used to say life is 99 rounds. And as we end today's podcast, I want you to think about this. Life is going to throw bad rounds at you. You're going to get hit with that left hook out of nowhere. And you're going to have to pick yourself up and you got to keep going forward. We all make mistakes and then there are things that just happen to us in life. Learn from the mistakes, move forward, and use them as building blocks to have that full, complete, and wonderful life that's in front of you. 